Hi everyone, welcome back to Voices of Western, the Humans of Western podcast. If you're new, welcome. This is a podcast where we dive deeper into the personal lives of fellow Western student, staff, and faculty. So thank you so much for taking your time out of your day. So my name is Melan and I'm joined by my co-host Meda. Thank you, Melan. Today's guest is Atesh. Atesh is a fourth year at Western studying um, honor specialization in computer science and has completed a variety of extracurriculars, one of them being stock learning. We're super excited to have him here today. So first of all, how are you today, Atesh? I'm pretty good. Today's a, today's a good day. I hope you're also having a good day. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to, to talk with you. No problem. I mean, the weather's looking nice, so hopefully it stays yeah. this way for some time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't have yeah, the hopefully. snow anymore. <laughs> no, no, it's still it's all about the fake, fake um, springs, and then exactly. second winter, third winter, and then no, keeps coming. The first day, is, first day is spring, and then it's suddenly like snowstorm the next day. It's never, no, it's never yeah. on our side. <laughs> so I guess we can just start off with the conversation so let's start with your interest with slacklining so to listeners at home who are unaware of the sport could you just introduce what slacklining is and how you got into it yes of course so slacklining in the most basic term i would say um um so it's a sport uh it's actually my bracelet here is a webbing um so this is a slackline webbing that my actually friend uh, made this for me. So this this is basically what you walk on. So just imagine this, but longer, maybe like 20 meters or 30 meters. And then you put that in between two trees or any kind of two anchors um, and a bit high off the ground so that you can walk on it. So that's the, the basic terms of what it really is. And how I got into it was one summer uh, we were camping with my friends and then one of them had a slack line and I got to try it and it was an awesome experience. I was like, this is, this is so great. And then I think I just never thought I could own a slack line. I don't know why, but uh, one day I was just uh, at a park very close to my house and there were, you, you probably know Gibbons and there are lots of trees, big trees. And I was thinking, wow, this is a great place to do slacklining. And then that day, I just went down somewhere and then I was just reading my book. And then some people came and they just started to do slacklining right next to me. <laughs> and I said, hello, can I join? <laughs> That's how you make friends. <laughs> yes. And then, so that day I realized normal people can own a slack line um and then i just bought one and i think that was basically beginning of covid or a little before covid so i had lots of time to work on it (laughs) that's That's true quarantine time is the best time to learn new activities while some of us were baking you were learning how to slack line (laughs) yeah exactly it's perfect for all of us um No, that's actually really interesting, though, because like 
I don't know. Like there are definitely a lot of things that I've done where I'm like, I do it once and I'm like, okay, like this is fun, but I don't think I'd ever see myself like doing it again. It just does not seem realistic mm-hmm. in my head, but I guess for you, it was just meant to be, you know, like these people really just showed up and then you'd be like, oh my God, this is, this is my opportunity to <laughs> really try and practice my skills. That's it just really clicked. It just exactly. Clicked. <laughs> um, no, like related to Sakani, like what did you actually find interesting about the activity? Like, why did you want to actually continue and, you know, see if you can actually like, I guess, perfect the sport? Yes. I think there are a couple of things. Um, first of all, this is more of a feeling uh, than a reasoning, but I feel like myself when I'm slacklining. I I feel good. I feel in peace and happy. So that's that's the most important fact. Uh, and then reasons being, I think it's I I would say I'm pretty obsessed with balance uh, in all kinds of balance. Really, I I always try to balance myself my thoughts and everything and I'm trying to just I like um, embodying ideas things like perfection or balance or kindness and so I when I saw slacklining it just felt to me that it's the embodiment of balance so that was beautiful about it I think that's why I uh, fell in love with it so I think it's kind of like my journey to 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 try to balance myself through through slacklining I could say that's actually like really interesting like I never thought of like a sport being you're do you're like completing a sport just for that balance and not only your physical balance like mental balance so how did that like yeah, your role in your school and work life um like did that like have a, like a tremendous impact Definitely, definitely. Uh, also, a couple of ways. Uh, one is just the the existence of slacklining. When you go slacklining, it's great for like physical activity because it works out literally everything on your body, your back, your core, uh, your shoulders, legs, knees, literally everything. And so physically, it's great. And then it's a good sport in general. And also when you go slacklining, when you're doing the act of slacklining, you're in the moment. It's kind of like a meditation even. You're just there. And then because you have to focus so much in the moment so that you don't fall off, it kind of forces you to to meditate. That's also great for the mind. And finally, I think I could say, the, the community because everyone I met slacklining they are great people and I love spending time with them so that's also a huge impact I, especially during COVID because it was really hard to meet up with people but slacklining was a bit better because there were times that we could meet outside with a couple of people and slacklining was just the, the perfect opportunity to to meet with amazing people that's so cool. And um, I had a question. What's the difference between slacklining and doing a tightrope? Like I see on TV, like people doing tightrope, <laughs> the balance beam. So what's the difference? Yes. 
good question um that's generally the question we get uh every time an old person walks by the slack line and they're like oh you're doing a tightrope here like, <laughs> no sir <laughs> wrong one <laughs> no yes um I think tightrope just got very popular with the circus and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, slacklining is, I think, a bit new, uh, newer than than tightrope. The main difference is the the material. I would say the slacklining it's actually great. I I got this yesterday. <laughs> so yeah, so slackline the the webbing is pretty flexible. So it's it's not tight at all. And then once you're actually walking on it, let's say this is our anchor. Uh, if I'm walking on it, it actually sags. Oh, it it, that's ah. why it's called a slack line, right? Oh, so okay. yeah, so it's it's a different dynamic with the tightrope. It's really tight, the material. So you're just walking on kind of like concrete, but with the slack lining, it also takes your weight and then when you move to the right it goes left and then you also have a chance to 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 balance through the slack line it's kind of like a dance yes okay so do you think like I guess knowing the information of two like would you think I guess slack lining is a bit harder just because not only are you like thinking about balancing but you got to make sure like your body weight isn't like the proportions are correct on both sides so like you would not fall Mm -hmm. off or like touch the ground like anything like that I think both have their harder and easier parts uh that's also something I thought about at some point I cannot give you a definite answer since I never mm-hmm. tried tightrope uh but I hear that if you're if you're a really good slackliner then slacklining is easier if you're a good tightrope or tightroping mm. is easier so I think it's really hard to say it's just two different dynamics and then the one that you you experience more you practice more you get better at I think Okay, that makes sense. Um, follow-up question. Actually, you had mentioned balance being something that you were able to really work on while practicing slacklining. I just was wondering, was there anything else that you thought, you know, really you were able to work on while improving, maybe something related with your mental or physical health? Like, why were you so intrigued with slacklining? Were there any benefits you received out of it other than, um, I guess, like being able to work on your balance with both your mental and physical health yeah so uh, different advantages of benefits of slacklining mm-hmm. yes um yes there there i think there are a lot to talk about one would be that i really like is that with slacklining there is never an end to the things that you can do you can play with everything you can play with the height of the slackline the length of the slackline the, the type of the webbing and all kinds of things. Uh, you can even take it. To, there is something called highlining, and highlining is basically slacklining very high. Uh, for example, between two cliffs, let's say like 50 meters high. But definitely, you're connected to the webbing uh, through through a different webbing, so uh, it's totally safe. But those, for example, highlining really gets you out of your comfort zone. Your body is telling you you're you're gonna die don't do this <laughs> are you crazy and then you do it anyway 
yeah. and it's a lot of fun. And so I would say getting you out of your comfort zone. And I already uh, talked about the community, how great it is. And maybe one other thing that I can just think of now is because there are lots of new things to try, different tricks or lengths, it, it's almost like always a new challenge. And because I love slacklining so much, I practice it a lot. And then because I practice it a lot, I always achieve uh, my ch the challenges. And the funny thing is when I first think about a challenge, it feels like impossible. The one thing I'm working on right now is blindfold walking. So oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I haven't put much practice in it yet, but it's my goal for now. So for now, it feels almost impossible to, to achieve because I tried it a couple of times and I just immediately fall because my brain's like, where am I? I don't even know how to orient my body. But the funny thing is something that feels impossible in a year or in a couple of months just becomes your second nature. And it's, it's a great way to prove yourself that everything is possible. And even things that we feel like impossible is reality if we make it. Wow, that's like very, very encouraging. Like, <laughs> I I also do a sport where I do taekwondo <laughs> when I was um when nice. I was in high school, and I remember um it, it was like my I don't know green belt or like a blue belt test, and we had to do our breaking boards for the first time. And I remember like at the first it was like so hard, like just like breaking that one piece of board, and then like come to like black belt testing, it was like three pieces or like five pieces of board. So I guess right. like, it's just like it just like like doing a sport where you like when you first look at it it's like oh my god this is so challenging how am I ever going to be able to get to that place where I want to be and then once you are at that place you just think to yourself like why was I so scared in the beginning why were you why was I like doubting myself so yeah like yeah. just that thought and that um once you reach that moment it's just so rewarding and just um I guess has like a tremendous impact also on like how you view um lots of lots of challenges in your life like for example like even with school like if you like um overcome like a very difficult concept and you're just like thinking, definitely yeah like like at first it's so hard but then later on like for your final exam like oh I can do this I know how to do this right um, so yeah like I, I found it very very encouraging and speaking of balance with school like how, tell us what you're actually doing in your fourth year and like um besides your like extracurricular like slacklining and how what are you doing in your computer science program yes so i'm almost done last semester Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> what i'm doing i i overloaded the uh, previous years so i don't have lots of courses right now which is great i'm really enjoying it because i i can focus on specifically the things that I want to do. One, I, I'm taking an open source project, which is actually interesting. I, If there's anyone uh, in computer science, I would highly recommend taking it. It's, I think you can take it your end of third year and also fourth year. And so the open source project is basically, it's a course, but it's not a traditional course in the fact that you don't go to class uh, there is there's a professor assigned but 
you just talk to him and then he kind of gets you into to your position. So in, in computer science in programming, there's a concept called open source and open source is basically code that's open to everyone and then people volunteer to to work on it for example windows is an operating system right and there's also linux if you heard of it linux is an open source project for example so i'm working with um, a project called zovi right now and so there we get to we get a chance to actually feel how it is to to be in the industry so in general i feel like university it's it's hard to do that transition from the theory to the practice so this open source project is a really good way to to do that i learned a lot so far and then so i'm also doing my thesis right now and that's actually yes that's <laughs> that's a lot going <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot and thesis is it is pretty huge so yeah. it takes yes and my thesis is basically in uh, brain inspired ai there's an institution called um, brain and mind institute in western so i'm working in one of the labs there so how did you actually come up with your thesis idea was this something you were like prior really interested in or was it something that you were solely like you know pushing yourself and trying to learn more about and you would just wanted to actually like I don't know figure yes. some new things out in that field like mm -hmm. how did you really like how did you decide that that was your thesis topic yeah so uh I'll, I'll answer it in two ways because so I'll answer in a way how I got into the brain inspired AI part because the thesis, apparently, if you're an undergrad, you go to a professor that you're interested in and or the topics that they're interested in. And then they are generally the ones that gives you the topic. So if you're an undergraduate student, it's mostly your professor telling you, I'm working on this. Do you want to work on this part and things like that? So that's how I actually uh, got to the end point of my topic. Um, but other than that, if I were to answer brain-inspired AI, I think I was just always interested in it from my first year while when I was coming to university. So that's why I, I tried to take the neuroscience courses also um, right next to the computer science courses and some courses specific to AI so that I, I can prepare myself for, for what's to come. That's actually really interesting. So, and like speaking of Western and the courses you took, so how did you think your Western experiences shape your like academic career today? Yes, the courses, I think, I think I was lucky that I was in Western before the topic that I'm interested in, because Western is great with the interdisciplinary fields, I think, especially the neuroscience and computer science, because we have the Brain Institute, right? And there, there's a lot of collaboration going on. 
between computer scientists, math people, and neuroscientists, psychology people. It's, I think that's great. And I think that also feeds into the courses um, that we have at Western. So it was nice that I had the chance to, to take courses that's outside of my major like specialization which is computer science I still had the the flexibility to to take biology courses or neuroscience courses so that I'm really grateful for and also the fact that we can take grad graduate courses there is this course um, that was taught by my supervisor actually last semester it was called brain inspired AI literally and <laughs> yeah so that was a great chance it was also good to to see how a graduate course really works so yes i think western specifically was a great opportunity for my topic uh, were you given the opportunity to like do co-ops or anything like that like during your undergrad like get yourself i guess into like the working field Yes, I think pretty much everyone gets that opportunity. I'm not 100% sure, but in computer science, you definitely do. I think the, the way Western Co-op um, internship works is you do three years of studies, and then after your third year, you have a chance to, to do an internship or a Co-op for a year period. And then after that year, you go back your fourth year basically but for okay. me I chose not to do an internship I just wanted to finish school without any kind of like um just cutting it into delays yes. yeah yes any delays I wanted to finish school first okay that makes sense I mean at the end of the day you're still getting experience so like you'll still have something to you know put on your resume yes. and then show that the skills that you've grown and then you can just add it right I guess, into the new workplace that you are going to, which is really great to hear. Um, I guess kind of concluding the podcast, no worries. Um, do you think maybe your hobbies and interests may have had an impact in your career path that you're pursuing? Like, mm -hmm. especially with like slacklining and stuff, do you think it's had an impact on like why you chose to study like AI in brain field or were there any aspects that kind of like, you know, were related to each other? Yes. Um, so interests and hobbies, I can, I can tell you, I think specifically two really good reasons. Well, one for, so, okay, let me put it this way. So I think the reason, one of the main reasons I got into computer science was my interest in problem solving I, I remember I just love doing puzzles and sudoku like I would all I would mm. even I remember at some point I was like oh I will create a sudoku with like a oh, funny wow. code in it. <laughs> it it's actually not that hard when you when you understand the logic of it mm. and also just things like Rubik's Cubes and just strategy games and things like that so I think those kind of interests um paved the way for me to to see yes computer science is, is a great option for me and for the AI field 
I think one interesting way to look at it is you're actually teaching the computer to do things. I think coding to an extent also is, but it's more just like you're giving commands and computer is doing that. But with AI, it's a bit different. You're giving it a logic and then it uses that to create knowledge and things like deep neural networks and unsupervised learning, those are things in um, AI. Unsupervised learning, basically supervised, there's supervised learning, there's unsupervised, there's a bit more, but just these two main ones. With the supervised learning, it's, for example, like um, it's an image recognition, let's say. You're trying to teach a camera computer to uh, recognize a lamp. So what you do, if it's a supervised learning, you give it images and then you label those as a lamp or not a lamp. And then you just feed those data into the model so that at some point it just optimizes its algorithm um, so that it knows what a lamp is and what not a lamp is. So that's supervised learning. And there is also unsupervised learning uh, which is a, a very popular example would be um, the game of Go. Um, it's it's like chess, but it's cooler and it's <laughs> more fun, I think. Um, it has a great philosophy. But it, the, there was this model, uh, AlphaGo, which uses both supervised but also unsupervised learning. Um, so the way that it used unsupervised is that you don't really give labels. So you're not really teaching something specifically, but you're just giving, for example, a situation and telling this is good, this is bad. And then it just explores the area to, to just learn for itself. So it's not supervised by humans, which in return makes it that the, the model can actually produce something that was not known or understood by humans. So why I'm telling you all this, I think, I think it's really similar to how humans learn. When I look at AI, different kinds of learnings, it's similar to how we learn. And I was always interested and just passionate about teaching things to people. It doesn't really matter what it is. It just could be a game or a sport, anything that people enjoy. I love sharing things. So it's, it's interesting to see that when I look at the AI field, it aligns with my interest to, to teach things, to, to understand how people think or how things uh, think or or observe or see the world so it's a different way to to I think it's a different way to observe that kind of uh, environment from a different perspective and because it's connected to to brain also it's it just helps us to learn more about how our brains work 
And I think that's really important because if we know how our brains work, then we're more in control and we can utilize it better. So that's also why I was really interested uh, in specifically the thesis that I got. But so these were my interests and how they mapped into, I think, what I do uh, these days. But slacklining specifically, I would say slacklining came after uh, my major, <clears throat> sorry, my major, I'll just get a sip of water. No worries, sorry. <laughs> Yes, so I think because it came after, it wasn't really a defining factor uh, on what I do, but I think it definitely influenced how I do things. And it definitely helped me with how the way I do it because it just helped me with my well-being and my mental health in general especially through COVID, it was really helpful. And I think it changed also the way I see life in terms of balancing and things like that. So that way it had an influence, I would say. Wow, that's, I think that was a really, really good summary of the topics of this podcast. And I think, I, yeah, and then like, I think it, it, like what you just said about like AI field and the impact on the brain and the and like its influence on with computers and coding I think it shows how much evolving this field is too in like the in today's world so I so that was very interesting to see your point of view of that topic as well as how um, slack planning can help you with your again mental and physical balance with um balancing not only your school and work life but also your like um your just your life um in general outside of that so yeah that was a very great summary and i think this is a very good um place where we can conclude our podcast so thank you so much for everyone listening thank you so much at atesh for joining us today and speaking about your experience at western as a fourth year student and please make sure to check out our next podcasts um and our sorry our next episode um, coming uh, next month and you can check us out on uh, our, our, any podcast platform we use for example Apple Podcasts, Spotify and please be sure to check out our YouTube page and Instagram page so see you guys soon next week thank you thank you